Thank you for downloading this podcast of Andy's Movie Mashup from GFM 107.1. For rights reasons, the music has been removed, so it's just me talking. Enjoy. I think I may have peaked too early on this week's show. Welcome to another Movie Mashup on GFM 107.1. That was Bobby Womack with Across 110th Street. That is from the soundtrack to Jackie Brown. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about uh, the movie Rampage with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. A movie called Thoroughbreds that I watched uh, over the weekend with my wife. And a movie called Journeyman, which is written, directed by and starring Paddy Considine and new Doctor Who, Jodie Whittaker. Also, movies on TV this weekend. What's on at local venues? DVD picks. There's quite a lot of DVD picks because I went through my listing and found that I missed out a whole load of stuff that came out whilst I was on holiday. So I'll be listing that just in case I, you missed it. Um, some good Robot Andy's news. We didn't record one this week. We're going to record one next Monday. So we'll carry on with the top 30 horror movies of the 20th century. But first, some more music. This is from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. It's Smash Mouth with Hot. Oh, that was uh, as if you needed tune. That was Johnny Cash with We Will Meet Again. That's from the soundtrack to The Crazies. Before that was Smash Mouth, Smash Mouth with a track called Hot. That is from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. You see how I think I've peaked early this week. Uh, okay, so first movie this week is Rampage. It is a 2018 American science fiction monster film directed by Brad Payton, loosely based on the video game series of the same name by Midway Games, which you might remember playing. I don't remember playing it, but um, you might. The film stars Dwayne Johnson, Naomi Harris... Malin Ackerman, Jake Lacey, Joe Manganiello, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. It follows a primatologist named Davis Okoye, who must team up with George, an albino gorilla, who turns into a raging creature of enormous size as a result of a rogue experiment. And he has to stop two other mutated animals, a grey wolf and an American crocodile, from destroying Chicago. It's a third collaboration between Peyton and Johnson following Journey 2, colon, The Mysterious Island from 2012 and San Andreas from 2015, which I thought both of those films are actually a lot of fun. Um, so this came out earlier this year. When did this come out? April. Yeah, April this year. Had a budget of 120 to 140 million and took 426.2, which isn't fantastic, has to be said. Um... So, is it any good? So, it's based on a based on a video game. Have there ever has there ever been a good video game adaptation? I think I discussed that with Dean Mortlock from the Basis when he was in back in August, I think, or July. We were talking about um, video game adaptations. I think there've been a couple of fairly good ones. Um, nothing really stands out though. But is this any better? You know, this is based on quite an old property. Um. So, uh, the plot is that some sort of mutation agent arrives on Earth from a space station. I won't tell you how it gets there because it's a bit of a spoiler. And it proceeds to mess with the genetics of uh, George, who is an albino gorilla, a grey wolf, and uh, an American crocodile. I didn't know there were such things, but apparently there are. And uh, they get bigger and they sort of mutate and become more aggressive and also take on some traits that they don't naturally have. And uh, for reasons that I won't go into, they end up 
all converging on Chicago, where they proceed to tear the um, city to pieces. Uh, that's that's the plot, basically. Uh, Dwayne Johnson is uh, George the Gorilla's handler, I suppose. You know, he's te- taught him sign language. Um, George is quite affable, as far as albino gorillas go. Uh, but when he... Um, when he gets affected by this uh, genetic manipulation, he is less than affable, has to be said. Um, so they all converge on Chicago. Uh, stuff happens. Uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan is essentially playing Negan from The Walking Dead. Uh, if you've seen The Walking Dead and you know the character of Negan, you'll know that he is immensely irritating. And uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan is immensely irritating in this film. Uh, Naomi Harris is is good in support. Dwayne Johnson is terrific in this. I think um, if it were any other central character or or actor playing this role, I just don't think it would work. But because Johnson can sell this stuff to the camera and make us believe in it, we believe in it. Um, So it kind of works, this film. I think um, there probably isn't enough giant monsters... um, kicking seven bells out of each other action in this film than there could have been, um, which is a bit of a problem, I think. Uh, but what there is is enjoyable. Uh, it's a little bit long, I think, uh, 107 minutes. I think that it could have been definitely been shorter than that. So a mi- bit of a mixed bag, I'd say. I'd say that when the action is good, it's very good indeed, but there isn't enough of it. Um... Dwayne Johnson is great in the lead. Uh, some of the some of the effects are a bit ropey. Most of them are very good, but some of them are a little bit ropey. I thought it was pretty good. You know, it passed the time. I must admit, I did nod off a couple of times. I had to get my son to fill me in on plot points, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." Um, yeah, it's okay. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a rating of fifty three percent. And it says, it isn't as fun as its source material, but the movie's sheer button-mashing abandon might satisfy audiences in the mood for a brainless blockbuster. Yeah, it definitely is brainless. So disengage brain before watching, for sure. I just went up to look at the history of Rampage, the video game, and it was, um, it was owned by Midway Games, who are now wholly owned by Warner Brothers. So I would expect to see more... Uh, adaptations of Midway games in the works because Warner's own it so they can do whatever they want with it. So yeah, pretty good. It's, uh, yeah, I think it could have been better, could have been shorter. That's what I would say. But And it's rated 12. Well, that was average. Uh, that was uh, Kid Coody who sounded utterly bored on that uh, with a track called The Rage. That is from a movie called Rampage I talked about just before that. Okay, next movie this week is a film called Thoroughbreds. It's a 2017 American black comedy thriller film written and directed by Corey Finley in his directorial debut. It stars Olivia Cook, Anya Taylor-Joy, Anton Yelchin in, I think, I'm not sure if it's, if it's his final uh, performance um, because there were a couple of, th- couple of things been released since he died in an accident. Um, but this is maybe the last of them. Uh, Paul Sparks and Francie Swift. The film had its world premiere at the Sundance Film Festival on January the 21st, 2017 and was released in March 2018. So it follows high school student Lily, played by Anya Taylor-Joy, and her emotionless friend Amanda, played by Olivia Cook, 
as they scheme to kill Lily's stepfather, played by Sparks, via contract with a drug dealer, played by Yelchin. So, there we are. That is the plot. Um, this had pretty good reviews when it came out. I was actually looking forward to watching this. And uh, it has to be said that I watched this with my wife. Um, my wife, I think it's fair to say, detested it. Um, I kind of flip-flopped on it from day to day, trying to figure out whether I actually liked it or not. Um, the tone of it is very chilly. It's quite arch. Um, I'd say quite ironic. Um, if you don't like it, you're really not going to like it, I think. But actually flipping from it, flipping flopping on it since I watched it, I've, I think I kind of like this. I think that although it is quite, you know, arch and a bit ironic, um, I think the performances are very good. And the story, for me, was quite evocative of stuff like Heather's, which is a bit of an 80s, 90s classic with um, Christian Slater and Winona Ryder. It's kind of evocative of that, although may, maybe only in the tone, uh, not so much the plot. Uh, certainly, this goes to some very dark places, indeed, and uh, maybe possibly too disturbing for some people. Uh, I found it to be occasionally very funny, but also quite dark and disturbing. Um, so, may not be for everyone. I think that I think the performances are good. Um, yeah, these two leads. Anya Taylor Joy was the lead in The Witch, and she was also in the M. Night Shyamalan movie Split. Uh, I don't know whether, she, yeah, I think she is going to be in the movie Glass, which is coming out possibly next year. And uh, Olivia Cook has been in loads of genre pictures and non genre pictures. So, most notably, she was in The Limehouse Golem, uh, which uh, I rather enjoyed. Uh, uh, she was also in Ready Player One and Me and Earl and the guy, Dying Girls. She's been in loads of stuff. So they're very good, very strong. Uh, Anton Yachin has a fairly small role in this one. Um, so I kind of liked it, but I'm pro I'll probably change my mind on it tomorrow, possibly. <laughs> and maybe I need to watch it again. Um, it has an approval rating of 86% on Rotten Tomatoes and it says it juggles genres with panache delivering a well-written and refreshingly unpredictable entry in the teen thriller genre. And it's rated 15. Well, that was something. That was um, Tanya Takak, etc. With a track called Uha, I think it was called. And before that was Tanis with Senior Pamwa. They are both from the movie called Thoroughbreds that I talked about just before that. Okay, so final movie this week is a film called Journeyman, or Journeyman. It's a 2017 British drama film written and directed by Paddy Considine. The film stars Paddy Considine and Jodie Whittaker with Paul Popperwell, Anthony Welsh and Tony Pitts. So this came out earlier this year. Uh, it's a story of a middleweight boxing champion, Matty Burton, who's played by Considine. As he approaches the end of his career, he knows that he must make his money and get out of the game to secure a home and future with his wife and baby daughter. After a titanic fight with the brash and controversial Andre Bright, Matty collapses on his living room floor, a delayed reaction to a punch. Waking from the coma, the real fight begins, suffering from memory loss and with his personality altered. He must try and put his life back together. So, um, this 
maybe doesn't go the way that you think it might. I mean, I certainly, I didn't know a great deal about this film. I knew that it was a boxing movie. I knew that Paddy Considine, it was something of a passion project for him. I knew that he um, uh, was going to write and direct and star in it. I didn't know much else about it. So I came to this, um, you know, expecting a, uh, maybe a... Uh, sort of um, a, a standard kind of boxing story about triumph against the odds and, you know, someone training for a big fight. But actually, that big fight happens very early in the film. And then the rest of the film deals with his um, recovering from the events during that fight and how it affects him and how it, how it affects the people around him. And that can be sort of mundane stuff in terms of him, you know, struggling to make a cup of tea uh, to very serious stuff like um, how does he cope with looking after or trying to look after his wife and daughter um, and how does he try and get back, get fit and, um, you know, try and get back into doing something that he really wants to do with his life, which is something to do with boxing. So uh, this is um, this is powerful stuff. You know, it's 90 minutes long. It doesn't outstay its welcome. It's very well directed. It's very well acted by Considine and Jodie Whittaker, who are very believable as a couple. Um, I think that it talks very seriously about the dangers of boxing, the dangers of you know, suffering brain damage as a result of um, a boxing match, how it can change your life completely. You know, just a, a very small event like that in your life can change the rest of your life. And uh, it doesn't shy away from talking about those things. And um, it doesn't shy away from showing you how someone's personality can change when they undergo, you know, a, a terrible brain injury. Um, I thought this was very powerful stuff. There were moments of, the, of this when I was actually on the edge of my seat, wondering what was going to happen or when something really serious happens. You know, I'm not giving you too many spoilers on this one because I think it's a film that you really do need to see without knowing too much about it. Um, or at least what happens after that event and uh, how he deals with it. And that is worth seeing as cold as possible. So I really enjoyed this. Uh, it is It can be a tough watch at times. Um, he certainly, you know, portrays the character as, you know, after the event as being confused and, you know, his personality changing. And he doesn't, you know, it's warts and all stuff, this. It can be a tough watch at times, but it's very good indeed. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 84% rating, and it says that it finds writer-director and star Paddy Considine getting, um, gutting out a boxing drama whose familiar narrative contours are countered by an array of powerful performances. Yeah, I guess that some of this story is familiar, although I don't think I've ever seen a film quite like this in terms of focusing on someone's rehabilitation in this way. Um, uh, you know, there are elements of this story in other films like Bleed for This uh, with Miles Teller, which I didn't like at all. <clears throat> um, and I like this. I think it's good. And it's rated 15. I figured I probably missed out on some stuff, so I went back and had a look at what was released when I was on holiday, and actually quite a lot was released. So from the top, and in no particular order, Spitfire is out. That is a documentary all about the um, Supermarine Spitfire with a voiceover I believe by Charles Dance that's supposed to be pretty good then I Feel Pretty uh, I would say quite a divisive movie that was released earlier this year 
um, starring uh, Amy Schumer. Um, some people found it to be hugely empowering. Other people found it to be incredibly patronising. Um, which side will you fall on? So that is out. Then Mary and the Witch's Flower, which is from Studio Ponock, if you don't know what they are. So Studio Ghibli, which was founded by uh, Hayao Miyazaki, is no more because he has retired. Uh, so Studio Ponock has been started up with most of the talent from Studio Ghibli, so that is their latest movie. Then Mary Shelley is uh, is out. Uh, there's a new Blu-ray of Heathers. That's a film I talked about on the show earlier on, actually. Um, then there's a 50th anniversary Blu-ray of The Producers and a movie called How to Talk to Girls at Parties. So quite a big list this week um, because I missed out some stuff from when I was on holiday. So um, you get some extras, you lucky people. I'm going to play another track and then when I come back, I'm going to talk about... Uh, the Good Robot Andes. And here we go. This is from the soundtrack to Brave. This is uh, Birdie and the Mumfords with Learn Me Right. I made that out. I was enjoying that. That was uh, Birdie and the Mumfords with a track called Learn Me Right. Uh, that's almost the show. Good Robot Andes recording on Monday. So uh, more movies from the top 30 horror movies of the 20th century. So expect that in your podcast feed. That's the show. It's time to hand over to Ian. Thank you for downloading and listening to this podcast from GFM 107.1. Don't forget that you can follow me on Twitter at Cockers underscore 97 and on my Facebook page, which is Andy's Movie Mashup.